Hi, everybody. You're listening to the Katie Lance Podcast. And in this episode, episode 97, we have a special conversation for you. So I had a great interview today with Kama Burton. Kama is a broker owner. She is a speaker. She is a professor. Uh, she runs a nonprofit organization. And you guys, we had a great conversation. You are in for a treat. We talked about Things like running a brokerage and taking a leap of faith. We talked about diversity and fair housing and where the real estate industry is and what we can do uh, as a community. And then we had a really great conversation at the end about Kama's amazing nonprofit organization called Loving Me First. Uh, if you ever struggle with putting yourself first uh, or self-esteem, or anything like that, uh, I know you'll really enjoy the conversation we had at the end today. So big thanks to Kama for being with us here today. We put all of her contact info in the show notes below, so check that out. But I know you'll enjoy the interview. So let's go on with the show. You're listening to the Katie Lance Podcast. If you're an entrepreneur, social media geek, real estate pro, a mom, or maybe all of the above, and ready to level up your social media game, you're in the right place. Katie Lance here, founder and CEO of Katie Lance Consulting and the Get Social Smart Academy. And you're listening to the Katie Lance podcast. And you guys, I am so excited. We have a very special guest with you, uh, with us here today. I first met Kama Burton, gosh, probably about a, I guess a couple of years ago now. Um, I'm going to read you her okay. bio here in just a second. But Kama, we think we first connected at, at Woman Up. We I think did. So. It was woman up my first time there. Yep. We sure did. <laughs> yeah. It was, I think yeah. I first saw you on stage and I remember being in the back of the room going, who is this woman? She is amazing. And I was like Googling you. And then I think I messaged you on Facebook or something, yeah. uh, you know, and then we just have connected and became, you know, Facebook friends and we've gotten to know each other personally. And so, uh, you know, one of the things I mentioned to you that we're trying to do on our podcast is just interview some really amazing people throughout the real estate industry. And, you know, there's lots of different voices and backgrounds. And, uh, and I thought, well, I would love to, to chat with you. So I'm so happy to have you here with us today. Well, thank you. I'm super excited. I was thinking about that. I said, we met, I remember getting an inbox from you and, um, when we were at woman up, that was when we met. And, you know, it's it's amazing when people do inbox you when they see you somewhere. It feels good, you know, that that somebody noticed you or find a liking to you. So, yeah, that was cool. <laughs> Absolutely. That was awesome. So for those of you who don't know Kama, I have got her, her bio here. I'm going to read really quick. This is a I knew you were awesome, Kama, but I read through your bio. I was like, dang, I didn't know she was this awesome. So <laughs> let me just give you the props that you deserve. So Kama Burton, she is a 16 years licensed and newly broker owner, which we're going to talk about, uh, for CMB Realty Services in Moreno Valley. She is a speaker trainer with an emphasis on fair housing practices and diversity and inclusion. And her passion for teaching has opened up an opportunity. And she has been teaching as an adjunct professor at Moreno Valley Community College teaching pre-licensed real estate courses since 2018. She believes in leadership and has been on her local board since 2015 and is excited to be the 2021 president-elect uh, for the Inland Valley Association of Realtors. 
which is awesome. Uh, at the state CAR level, she's currently a director serving on the executive, federal, and legislative communities. And at the national level, NAR, she's a member of the Fair Housing Committee. Giving back has been a huge priority in her life, which I love. We're going to talk about that here today. Um, after dealing with 12 years of hardship, she founded a nonprofit called Loving Me First to help women and girls build self-esteem. And since 2015, she's mentored over 400 girls to help them discover their full potential through self-love, self-worth, self-esteem through her weekly girls club and her yearly girls conferences. She's the author of her first published book, I Fell in Love with His Promises, and Kama's goal is to help others understand that they can pursue their passions despite their obstacles. I absolutely love that. So again, welcome, welcome. So happy to have you here today, thank Kama. You. Thank you. Thank you. Again, I'm excited to be here. It's an honor. <laughs> absolutely. So let's first talk a little bit about business. I know you just opened your brokerage. Congratulations. Hey which is so exciting. So tell us yes. a little bit about, you know, your business. Um, you know, what is your, what does your team look like? Just a little bit of background for people who may not, you know, be familiar with, uh, with Marino Valley or, or your, your business. So I, um, I opened my brokerage September of 2020, right in the middle of the pandemic. People were like, are you crazy? Or I can't <laughs> believe you did it. You know, to me, when opportunity knocks, you have to open the door. So I opened the door. I think it was the perfect time for me. Um, I have currently four agents under me. I have two agents, uh, potential agents, uh, realtors that are, are taking their real estate license right now. And I do, I have this huge passion to teach. Um, being in real estate for 16 years, I've been to all of these different brokerages and I've learned from each and every brokerage, but not one brokerage gave me everything that I wanted, which was the training and understanding the leadership. The broker I did just leave, um, he let me know up front, look, I am, he's very small brokerage, um, but I am, um, you know, I'm here if you want, if, if you need me, if you have questions or what have you, but it wasn't like in a formal setting, but you know, he helped, he helped and he gave me that training and he understood about the importance of involvement. And so I wanted to bring that same concept into my office. Um, and that's what we do. We, we train. I've been training every week, even before I opened my office. That's my secret. Um, I was training people that were going to work with me every week about the real estate process and what's happening in the, in the, um, in our industry, in our market. So it, it's, it's been a wonderful full journey thus far. And I'm excited because again, I get to reach those people that I've been wanting to reach. I've been teaching forever. Like literally I've had brokers contact me before I received my broker's license asking me questions because of the involvement and they know I'm going to do my research and find out what's going on. So I'm bringing that same concept here. We're very community minded as well. Uh, one of my big things is, is giving back. I believe if we're gonna give, sell in the community, we better give back to the community. So that's what we're doing here um, and in my office so far. <laughs> that's awesome. I absolutely love that. So, you know, what has it been like opening a brokerage? I mean, I, I wanted, I, I wanted to ask you that because I know there's a lot of folks listening, you know, uh, who are in real estate and we have lots of different people who listen to the, the podcast, not just real estate folks, but we do have a lot of real estate folks who listen and, you know, that leap from being an agent and then like the responsibility. And like you said, during a pandemic, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, were there any lessons learned, any advice that you, you could give maybe someone who's listening to this kind of thinking about yes. maybe that's the path for them? 
I just say, just do it for one. Don't, don't think so hard into it that you won't do it. And you find yourself pushing back. That was one of the things that happened with me when I was at woman up. I remember saying, I started getting cold feet and I called a friend of mine and I said, look, I don't know if I can do this. I, I'm going to get my broker's license, but I don't think I'm ready to, to take that responsibility. And so for a couple of months, I was like, I'm, I'm just going to get my broker's license, end up getting the license. I wasn't going to do anything. Then I said, you know what? I'm going to open up in June. Then I said, no, I'll open up in October. And I said, you know what? I decided one day I got up and I just said, let me go find a spot. I'm just going to look. I went to one area, one street. I tried this one area I really wanted to be in, um, this one, one facility, but I ended up in another facility. It worked out, which is right down the street, the street I wanted to be on. And I just took that leap of faith and I encouraged people to do it. It's scary. I'm not going to lie. I've cried even after I opened up my brokerage because the reality is I am responsible for others. I have the full responsibility. My broker, I can't go to my broker anymore and, and rely on him for certain things, which he's opened the door for me to call him at any time. But like, it's mine. <laughs> it's me. It's mama. Like, it's me. It's all me. So it is scary. It is nerve wracking. Um, but at the same time, I literally, even yesterday, I straighten out my desk. It seemed like I straighten out at least once a month. I do something different with it. Um, I was look, I always look back at my office and I smile because I'm like, my goodness, I did it. Despite did the it. storm, despite the obstacles, despite everything, despite COVID, <laughs> I did it. I'm here. Exactly. So I just did it. I, I, I just say, if I give you one word of advice, not one word, how about two? Just no, three, just do it. <laughs> Just do it. Exactly. Yes. Take a, a leap of faith. I absolutely yes. love that. That's great. So I wanted to ask you also about, you know, fair housing. I mean, this is such a hot, a hot topic. It's been a, you know, a conversation that I know you're passionate about um, and you are an adjunct you know, professor. I know you teach about that. I know it's something you're passionate about. You know, I, I would love for you to kind of talk to us a little bit about that, about your role in terms of, of teaching and then, you know, whatever you're comfortable sharing. I mean, we're, we're, there's a lot of crazy things obviously happening in the world right now, you know, and where we're at. You know, do you think that uh, are we making progress with fair housing uh, is, you know, what what are what are your thoughts around that? Woo. So fair housing, it, it is such a. Um, important yet huge topic, a huge task that we are still working on. One thing that I, I like to remind people is this, although people say that was a long time ago, this was in other people's lifetime. I was born in 77, um, fair housing was passed in 1964. So that was, um, you know, not too far after, uh, before I was born. And so we're not talking, we're talking about people who lived through this thing. And, and if we kind of go back, like the reason why I love history, because I, 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 it gives you a better perspective. Fair housing actually um, started or, or civil rights started back in um, with the 14th amendment in um, 1865, I believe it was, um, and or 1866, where the 13th Amendment had to be amended because um, it was, we were supposed to be free. When I say we, Black people, so it, I'm just very candid. Black people were supposed to be free to have the same rights as whites. So it went all the way back. They had to revisit, government had to revisit everything. And here we are almost 100 years later, 
And then here comes fair housing again. So um, it came up and, and the reason why I'm passionate about it because people have to understand it didn't start in 19 uh, or 1964 or 65. It started back in 1865, 66, something like that. I'm not the histor historic person, but that's where it started. So I, I believe that, I, I, okay, let me say this. I do love the fact that we're talking about it. I do love the fact that people are implementing diversity committees and, and, and talking about fair housing and, and taking these implicit bias trainings. I love it. However, one of my biggest fears that I have is that will this conversation stop when we get to some sense of normalcy, even though we're saying we're going into a new normal, when, when we're able to go back outside and play is what I call it, call it freely. <laughs> um, are we going to get so caught up into our everyday that we forget that th we're still having these issues. So what I'm what what I find with fair housing is that there's so many people out there that still believes that it doesn't happen. They still believe yeah. that we're just making this thing up. It's not real, regardless, regardless of what they see. So I do believe we're making progress because the conversations are being had. Just for example, your post. Do you remember your post? <laughs> I do remember posted, my post. Yes. Posted. And you said, you know what? I'm going to give my children some books to read. And I said, you know what? We can't, we can't just do the books. Let's talk about some real life scenarios. So talk to people that's dealing with things here and now, not that the books aren't current, but let's talk about what we're dealing with here and now so that your, your children can understand how to deal with their, their friends and, and, and their colleagues when they get older, which would be a little while, but, you know, understand it now. And we had the conversation, which I appreciate it because out of that conversation, it grew. You invited other people in. I was able to invite other people in and the conversation once it starts small and we begin to put it out there little by little I do, do believe change will happen um, I do believe that those bad actors or whatever people want to call them many of them will be called out but we need to make sure that this this conversation continues to go on and it cannot stop it can't stop yeah no I I absolutely agree and you know uh for for people who are who are listening to the podcast, you know what what Kama's referring to is earlier earlier I believe it was in yeah 2020 I had you know just myself had felt like gosh you know am I am I just living in a bubble am I you know just not realizing what's happening and I was you know to be honest probably my my white privilege just you know not being in my little ignorant bubble of what's happening and so I did do this post I got a lot of great comments and you know Kama you were really one of the only people that's like let's just call me, like, let's talk. And I was like, so humbled. I was a little embarrassed. I was, you know, I was just, uh, and you were just so gracious and we had such a wonderful conversation. And that, um, is something that I still take with me, you know, to this day. And, you know, interesting to go back to the, the, the point about books, you actually recommended, I don't know if you remember this, the color of law, mm -hmm. which, um, I ended up reading and, and ended up actually connecting with the yes. author. I had, had him on our podcast yes. and yes. And just, you know, for all of our listeners, I just thought, you know, that book really is like, just really opened my eyes. It's, there's a lot in there and you probably need to read it again. I'm going to read it again. I will say this, when you, when you posted that and you allowed me to, um, to talk to you and you said, yes, that made me feel good because I believe it all starts with a conversation. You know, yeah. we're, we're, we're only ignorant to things because we just don't know. My yeah. problem is when people don't want to have the conversation, they want to keep their blinders on. They they want to say, well, I just don't believe it when someone yeah. like me 
I, I mean, I, I was working for an office, which is not too far from where I am right now. And I was the assistant manager. I had two white realtors leave that said they will not work under a black assistant manager. This was in 20, I want to say 2014, something like that. And oh I gosh. was hurt and I remember crying and I went and I confronted this person because, you know, it's a small world. I seen him at an open house and I said, well, let me just ask because this is what the broker said. Oh, I never said that. My government known this guy for years. He said he never said that, but he had been working for this office for years. And all of a sudden you leave and that's not your reason. That's hurtful. That's detrimental. Wow. Um, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's almost like a slap in the face to me. And, you know, we deal with this. If I'm dealing with this in this arena, then, and I know what it's like with some of my clients that I've dealt with and um, that's come to me because they were steered in other, other direction. I believe that we have to have these conversations. People have to know this is happening. We are not living Hollywood right now. This is like real reality, reality, yeah. not reality TV, <laughs> not scripted. This is reality. So right. I appreciate that you made that phone call. I mean, that we we connected and you said yes, because that's what it starts with, with the conversation. And I've been watching you. I, I've, I smile because I see that you've made, um, you, you've made progress in the sense of having the conversations, not feeling um, unapologetic about having the conversations and feeling even if you're uncomfortable or what have you, it didn't, doesn't matter. You're doing it. We have to do those things that are uncomfortable. It has to eventually become comfortable at some point and never feel embarrassed because yeah. you only know what you know. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so true. And, and like I said, you, you've always been so gracious about that. And, and I, I, I agree. I just think that having those conversations and, well, I think my big takeaway, you know, from a lot of that was just because I may not feel like in my little bubble that something's happening doesn't mean that it's not happening. Right. And doesn't mean that, uh, you know, and to, to deny that, it, that, that it, things like that are still happening, you know, is just kind of putting your head in the sand. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that's probably a good segue to, and I know this is, I know this is a tough conversation, but I, I, I thought if anybody, if I could have it candidly with anybody, I, I knew I could have it with you. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so where do you think, you know, this conversation makes a lot of people really uncomfortable, especially a lot of our friends in the real estate community, um, outside the, you know, outside the, the real estate community, but, you know, where do you think we are with others in real estate when it comes to just acknowledging, you know, these issues around diversity and racism and fair housing? Um, do you think it's, do you think we've, we're, we're, on the right path? Do you think that we still have some work to do? I just would be curious your thoughts around. I, I truly believe we're on the right path. I, I, and that's, you know, we, we all have a ground zero. I, I always say that if we start somewhere, the beauty is that we're starting. What I love is that people are saying, look, I want to be a part of the conversation, even if it's just the listening ear. Sometimes the best communicators are the listeners because they listen, they retain before they speak, before they take action and they understand, and then they, they may take action or do something. So I think it's a great, we're on a great path. Um, and I'm glad that I'm no longer uncomfortable talking about this. I just have to be honest. It's, it is uncomfortable. There's times I've talked about it and I I'm sweating and I, or I'm, I'm shaking because I don't know how it's going to be perceived. And at this point, I don't care um, how it's going to be perceived. It's my reality. It's what I live, but I think it's, we're on a, we're on a, we're on a great path. I, I, I'm excited that I'm seeing more um, companies 
that are saying, hey, we want to bring in diversity and inclusion training. I'm seeing associations, and I'm talking about companies outside of the real estate. I'm seeing uh, uh, um, associations and, and brokerages, as I mentioned earlier, saying, what can we do? They are being intentional. Brokers are being intentional to ensure that fair housing is taken taken serious. Um, I, I had um, the pleasure to be a moderator for CAR in um, January, and I had Tammy Bonnell from um, Exit Realty, and um, she talked about in their procedures, when we talked about her and her policies and procedures, they have something talking about fair housing and, and discriminatory practices. Like to me, these need to be in your policies and procedures. We have to dig deep into where we put this information um, and it's happening. So like I get excited. I'm excited. I'm smiling now because I'm excited <laughs> that it's happening. We're having the conversation. So yes, we are definitely headed um, into a, a very good direction. And we, again, it's just about staying the course. Absolutely. And I, I love that you mentioned Tammy. She's a, she's a gem uh, she in this industry for powerful, sure. Powerful, powerful. Yes. She absolutely is. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I think it just goes back to, you know, we can all do something, you know, and I, I, I remember when I first talked to you, I was like, oh, what could I do? You know, and it's like, we could all, you, you could sort of fall into this place of, well, I'm just one person. I can't do anything, but I think we can all do something, you know, whether it's like, you know, like you said, having a conversation about it, or, you know, if, if you are running a brokerage or a business, looking at your policies, you know, just, we can all take steps, you know, to, to do better and to, and to do our part. Well, you know, what just came to mind, I was thinking about um, Beyonce jumped in my mind and she jumped in my mind because when you said we're one, we're one person, what can we do? the impact that whether people like Beyonce or not, that that's not the, the point here. The point is this, she's one person that can reach millions of people with what she say, how she thinks, you know, and she, this is outside of real estate. This is just a person. So yeah. when we say we're just one person, we're one powerful person that will be able to reach your reach and my reach is different. Um, we have people where we do, we will always cross paths with what you're doing with what I'm doing, but we have different people that we're reaching and those people reach people. And I love the saying, and I say this um, to my girls I mentor is each one teach one, each one mm. reach one. So it starts with me reaching out to you and you reaching out to your audience, your audience reaching out to someone else and it's just yeah. this like nucleus thing that just kind of comes together and then it begins to make sense. So that's kind of how I see it when we say just one person, one person has made impact. Martin Luther King made impact. You know, we, the, we, we're um, just thinking about the greats, uh, whether it's uh, Mother Teresa has made impact. <laughs> one person yeah. has made impact. So we, we don't want to diminish being that one person. No, I, I absolutely, I agree with that for sure. And that's also a really good segue because you talk about <laughs> your girls and you talk about, you know, what, what one person can do. Um, I would love to just ask you a little bit about your, your nonprofit organization, Loving Me First. I have to admit, I didn't, I didn't realize that, you know, that not in addition to everything you do with, you know, real estate and teaching that you also have this amazing uh, organization. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I, I would imagine there's a lot of people who are who are curious about that also. Yes, absolutely. So we we've all gone through something in life. Um, we whether it's you know some people's 
problems or issues are worse than others. Um, I went through a very abusive relationship and it was it was probably more verbal i did go through physical abuse and, and financial abuse i mean I, I all of the five abuses whether it's physical financial emotional sexual and um mental verbal um i've been through all of that within my marriage and when i left out i didn't know who i was i um i lost me and as a child, I was very excited about just life, you know, just being, um, I, I, my parents were strict, but at the same time, I still had a good childhood. I didn't see abuse in my, in my home. Um, but one of the things about me is that I always tell people my dream was just to be a stay-at-home mom. So I had like this life I wanted to live. And unfortunately, it, it going into a marriage at 19 to the wrong person, it changed my life. And I, again, when I say I lost who I was, I didn't love me. I see myself as very unattractive. Um, I see myself as not knowledgeable. I didn't think I was smart. I didn't think I was intelligent. I didn't think that. Um, I just thought all of these negative things about me because of what I had went through in that marriage. And after getting out the marriage, I began to look for myself. And I, I I always say, I used to laugh when people say, oh, I have to find myself. I'm like, how do you find yourself? And you're sitting right there, but okay. Um, but I literally had to find myself. I remember driving home one day in tears, crying and asking God, I said, Lord, who am I? What is my purpose? I don't understand why am I here? You know, there's nothing good out of this life, but my children, that's it, that's all. So what is my purpose? And I remember hearing that my purpose was to help people. And I didn't understand how would I help because I didn't want to share my story with people. Well, after a while, understanding that my low self-esteem was really bad. I was in depression for a couple of years, didn't want to work with people, didn't want to deal with people. And um, after a while, I had to, I realized I had to start digging myself out. And I began to do that by um saying affirmations, not even knowing that they were affirmations. Okay. I, I'm telling myself, looking at myself in the mirror telling myself I was beautiful and I didn't believe it, but I kept telling myself that I was beautiful and I would tell myself that I love myself. And um, again, me not believing it, I kept telling myself because I had to believe it. I, I, I would look at myself in the mirror and say, there, maybe there's something wrong with me. I would blame myself for why I was going through this abuse and all this kind of stuff. And so long story, longer story short, um, it took me a while, it took me probably maybe about four years, four or five years ago, where I truly believed that I love me. And I realized that it started with me. So in 2015, I did, I love putting on conferences. So 2015, I put on an entrepreneur conference um, to help people build their uh, build in their businesses because I love linking entrepreneurs. And there was a lady that was there who um, was teaching about nonprofits. And after talking about how to do a nonprofit, I said, you know what, I got to do it. Because I thought about doing something, but I wasn't ready. And after leaving that, I was on my way to church and I just heard these words, loving me first. And I knew right there that was the name of my nonprofit. And, I, and through loving me first, 
I had to help at the time. I wanted to help um, women and, and, and young girls from 18 to 25 discover who they are and love who they are so they can avoid going through a domestic violence situation such as I have. My aunt was killed by her boyfriend in a murder-suicide in 1977, two months before I was born. I have her middle name. Her middle name is Lynn. I later discovered that my name is surrounded by love, comma, um, in, in Sanskrit, which is like a Hebrew, it means inner love and beauty. Lynn derives from Belinda, which means beautiful. I'm surrounded by, I live love and beauty just through my name. And so I didn't realize that until after Loving Me First came to mind. So Loving Me First started so that I can help those that have been affected by domestic violence, both directly and indirectly. And later I started a, a mentorship program or actually later that year, I started a mentorship program to help young girls discover who they are and love who they are so they can avoid the pitfalls that some of us have um, didn't dodge and maybe they can dodge it if I be able to, if I'm able to speak to them. So we have a girls club, we meet weekly like today um, or every, 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 no, not every day this year, but um, Tuesdays, Wednesdays and now Thursdays just picked up a new new girls club we I meet I have uh this year I have five clubs that are, four clubs I'm meeting and we just talk about different we give I give them life skills from um the importance of loving who they are affirmations goal settings journaling um defining beauty and things like that so they understand that it's from within our theme this year from it's called it starts with me so I want them to love themselves within because I believe no matter what you look on the outside, the beauty is within and it just comes out on the outside. So that's my start of the, the, the nonprofit. And here we are. Um, I'm in my sixth year of the mentorship program and um, we're looking to do things. We do things in a community. We do. Um, uh, what is it? Um, conferences. Uh, we did our fifth conference despite uh, COVID. We did it virtually. I put on virtuous women's teas every year. And um, my goal is just, I just want people to understand that when you love who you are first and truly love who you are, sky's the limit to what mm -hmm. you can do. I love that. Thank you for sharing that um, with, with me and, and with our listeners. I mean, I think that's you know, you, you've obviously had, had quite the journey and I, and I love that you were able to take something that was probably such an awful part of your life. And you, you came through that and you were able to not just overcome that yourself, but now think of the, how many people that you are serving and, and helping and mentoring. And, um, you know, I think there's a lot of us who struggle with, with loving ourselves first, a lot of women, I, you know, I, not to be stereotypical, but I think a lot of women in general, just, you know, we, everybody else is a priority, you know, our kids, our work, our clients, everything else. And then we end up at the very bottom of the list. And I have discovered that very recently myself. It's like, if you don't put, put yourself at the top of your own list, you know, uh, there's going to be some, there's going to be a lot of ramifications <laughs> that happen there, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. So with, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say just, you know, it, that's why it's important for us as women to connect and be vulnerable. Yeah. And, and um, one thing that I love about the Women's Up community is that I've been able to 
share my journey. And so many women can connect in different ways. It may not be abuse, but they've been through something and we can all connect. We have to understand that we are people, (laughs) you know, we're human beings. We're going to go through some stuff, but we have to connect on some type of level. And I will say low self-esteem. Most, mostly every woman that I go, I'm around, I, I can, I pick up that low self-esteem, even in your most strongest women that you maybe think is strong. We pick it up, you know, uh, mm-hmm. but we need each other. We absolutely need each other. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. If, if people are listening to this and just curious how they can get more information on, on loving me first, is there, is there a website or, or is, or do people find out about it kind of through word of mouth? How- um, I, I'm on, I'm on Facebook right now. We're actually working on a website, which will be up soon. I can't tell you when soon, but this year, (laughs) um, it's, if you go to lovingmefirst.org, now that part is spelled out. Um, the first is spelled out lovingmefirst.org. It takes you to my, um, Facebook page, which it's a little dry. We'll get there. (laughs) I just hired an assistant. It's all good. (laughs) So she'll be working on that. Um, but that's the way, um, if we have any events, then it's on there, um, but it's it's through the through the Facebook page right now until we get the website up. That's awesome. And if people want to get in contact with you, what would be one of the best ways that uh, that people can get, get in contact with you? Um, the best thing to do you can search Kama Speaks K A M A Speaks. Um, and I am on Facebook. Uh, on Facebook, I'm under Kama Thomas, um, but my Facebook is Kama Burton. And I have LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter. Okay, don't follow me on Twitter because I don't use it. Yeah, follow me anyway because I need the numbers. Um, I'm on Instagram. And now I'm on Clubhouse. I'm super excited Yay. about Clubhouse. I'm on Clubhouse doing some, I uh, just started my first group. So we'll be talking about some things on Clubhouse, like turning your passion into profit, um, using your why and things like that. So yeah, that's how you can, you can find me. That's awesome. So we will grab all those links and uh, for all of our listeners, we'll put those in the show notes below and you can always go over to our website, katielamps.com. Just click on the podcast and you can see um, all the ways that you can connect with Kama. So uh, Kama, this has been so awesome. I just, I absolutely love that you took this time to just share your journey personally and professionally. Uh, is, is there anything else that you wanted to, to share before we kind of wrap it up here today? Absolutely. I strongly encourage you that are listening, those that are listening. Times may be hard in life, but look at what's positive. Through one of the hardest times of my life, I look back and see how much I accomplished. Although I was controlled, I, I went and I got my real estate license, my bachelor's degree, my I became a licensed manicurist, I became a notary public. I didn't see that because I was so clouded by the negativity. So look at the positive t- things in life, journal, write affirmations, positive self-talk. And I guarantee you that will change how you see yourself. And thank you for listening to my story. That's such great advice. Well, I so appreciate you being here today. It's been such a pleasure speaking and and talking to you. And for all of you who are listening, if you enjoyed this podcast, we would love if you would help share it out, you know, share it out on your your favorite social media platform. Um, Feel free to subscribe to the podcast. We are excited about featuring, like I said in the beginning, lots of different voices and lots of different stories and experiences here on our podcast. So thank you to our listeners and Kama, thank you so much for sharing your heart. I loved having you here today. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Absolutely. 
Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you want more, head over to katielance.com and check out the Get Social Smart Academy. Also, sign up for a free email newsletter packed full of great content. Until next time, get social smart.